beautiful family! Hey, it's awesome to see you today. And um, before we jump into the message, um, I did something a little bit uh, different this year. Each year I try to like do a few things that like to challenge myself and, and to just make sure I, that I'm, I keep growing. And, and so what I, I made God a promise this year. And I thought what I would do is, is I would give you the opportunity to kind of walk this promise out in your life too. What I, one of the things I promised God this year that I would do is that I would find myself giving more praise and more thanksgiving than going to him all the time asking, hey God, I need this, will you bless that? Hey God, help me with this, help me with that. That more when I pray and as I pray, that more what God would hear from me would be more praise and thanksgiving than always asking for stuff. Do you know what I mean? And so I wonder if you would do me a favor. Those of you who wanna walk that journey with me in 2020, I'm gonna ask you to stand. And I'm going to ask you to just make this commitment that it's like, you know what, God? Yeah, go ahead and stand. <laughs> I'm going to ask you, like, you know what, God? This year, as I pray, like, more and more, God, what I'm going to do is thank you for what I have. Is to have a heart full of gratitude instead of always give me this, God, and I want more of this, and bless me with this, and bless this that I'm doing. That more than that, it'll be thank you, God for what you've blessed me with. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in and through my life. So let's just pray. God, I thank you now for everyone who is making this commitment, Lord Jesus, that, that more than not, God, that, that it's not gonna always be about griping and complaining and I want more of this and make people stop doing that and give me this, God, and I want this, God. But this year, God, and then every, every year after that, that when you hear from me, what you're gonna hear more, God, praise and thanksgiving because I know that you don't bless grumbling and griping and complaining but you do bless faith and you do bless a heart full of thanksgiving and so give us the power to walk that out God to say thank you more than give me this and give me that to say thank you for the blessings that you've given us in our lives if you agree with that, would you say amen, family? All right, you can be seated, everyone. Well, we're, we're moving forward. We're wrapping up our series today, and I realized it was a short series. We just started it last week um, called Matters of the Heart. And what I thought we would do these two Sundays before Valentine's Day is that we would invite the Holy Spirit to do a heart check on us. That we need to take time to examine our heart, to find out what's there, to find out what's going on in our hearts. And last week, I, my message was titled, It's Time to Simplify, if you were here or if you were watching. And what I said is there are things that even as believers, we can have things in our hearts that aren't right. What I said several times last Sunday, I want to remind you of, I said, my beautiful family, I would have your heart uncluttered. Because even as Christians, our hearts can be cluttered. And I told you that this Sunday, we would take a look at some of the things that clutter our heart. And last Sunday, we talked about how important it is what we do. Because I said last Sunday, family, what you practice is what you become. And so we looked at the importance of having a, a heart that is soft 
and open and pliable to God. And so what we're going to do today, family, is we're going to wrap up this series. And I'm going to ask you to do something. I, I, I titled my message this morning, Guard It Well. In talking about your heart, that you would guard your heart well. And we're going to look at what that really means. Because I know a lot of people think that that means that you should put, put up this wall around your heart. That you guard it and you keep everybody at arm's length so that your heart will never be hurt again. How many of you know? that to engage in any kind of loving relationship is to put yourself, is to make yourself vulnerable to be hurt. So that's not what the Word of God is talking about. The Word of God is not talking about putting this, this huge wall up around your heart so that no one hurts you. When the Bible says to guard your heart, and we're going to look at that scripture, it doesn't mean harden it so that no one can hurt you again. It's important, family, you know how to safeguard your heart and what that means. And so we're going to look in the Old Testament, in the book of Proverbs, which a lot of the Proverbs were written by King Solomon. There were a few guys that, that uh, other guys that wrote some um, Proverbs, but King Solomon wrote several. And it's important that you know this, family. There are some scriptures in the Bible. Okay, so stay with me before we jump in. There are some scriptures in the Bible that it actually works for you to just take and hold it and just look at that scripture because it stands alone. It, it just all by itself, that single verse stands alone. But mostly with the Bible, you need to look at the context. You need to look at what the author was talking about before that and after that, who the original audience was, what was happening in the culture during that time. It's so important for you to do that. And, and so that, famili that familiar verse that we're all familiar with about guarding our heart, it's easy to take that out of context. But we're gonna look at it because it's much more powerful when you look at it in context. King Solomon was considered one of the most wise men ever. And so he threw out a whole bunch of wisdom, a whole bunch of proverbs that we can live our life by. And we're going to look at one of them, just a section of one of them where he's writing to certainly his own family and then people of that time. And it is absolutely relevant for us today. And so when I'm talking about your heart family, I'm not talking about your organ, although it's very, very important to, to take care of your heart. It's, it's very important that, um, that you don't need entire family-sized bags of Doritos. Um, and, and I kind of give myself like freedom to do that. It's like I can sit down run with a, a family-sized bag of Doritos because what I'm drinking is Diet Coke. Right? So, so I can, it kind of, so it's important that you take care of your heart, but you exercise and you eat right. But when the Bible talks about your heart, it's not talking about that organ. It's talking about the center of you, the real you, the seat of your emotions. And so it's important, family, that you guard it well. But what does the Bible mean when it says that? Let's jump into Proverbs and Get this all lined out, family. He's saying, my son, my daughter, everybody in history who would ever read this, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. And so I want you, it's, it's just as if right now, family, the Holy Spirit is saying this to you. 
Pay attention to my words because they're very, very important. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them where, family? Within your heart. For they are, the li- they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Did you know that? Did you know that reading the Bible is nourishing for your physical body? Did you know that? It actually is nutrients for your body. Above all else, if you forget everything else that I've said, all of these other nuggets of wisdom, I I want you to remember, but if you don't, remember this. Guard your heart. Would you shout back at your pastor? Let me hear you. Guard your heart. Why? Why? Why is it so important that we guard our heart, that we're careful with our emotions and we're careful? Why? Because everything you do flows from it. Hmm. Wow. Everything you do. And what's implied, family, is all of the things you don't do is because of what's in your heart. Hmm. Keep your mouth. Free of perversity, keep corrupt talk far from your lips. And so if you're taking the word of God and you are filling your heart with it, it'll actually help your mouth. And a lot of times Christians want to just put when it says, keep your mouth free of perversity and corrupt talk. We think it means that the words that we, you know, the cuss words that we have today. It go, like if you actually study those words, it's really talking about making sure that what comes out of your mouth is building people up, not tearing people down. Amen, family. Amen. That's what that's saying. And it's like if, if, if your heart is full of my word, You'll be careful. It'll change your mouth. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. So what's in your heart will help with your mouth. It'll also help you to keep your eyes on your own business. Can I get an amen? It'll help you. It'll help give direction for your life. Your mouth. Your eyes, guess what else it will do, family? Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all of your ways. Filling your heart with the word of God will help you know where you should go and where you shouldn't go. How many of you know every every opportunity is not always a good opportunity? And so filling your heart with the word of God It'll act like this internal guidance system, and it'll help you know where you should go and where you shouldn't go. Did you know that? Do not turn to the right or to the left. Keep, the word of God will help you keep your foot from stumbling in to evil. And so I want you to see this, family. When the Bible says guard your heart, here's exactly what it's talking about. It's talking about you and me daily filling 
our hearts with the word of God. And so I want you to see this illustration in your mind with me, if you will. When you're driving down the highway, what's on either side of you? Guardrails, right? Why are the guardrails there? The guardrails are to, and stay with your pastor, I promise we'll keep going on, all right? The guardrails are to keep you out of the danger zone. The guardrails are in the safety zone. And so the idea with your car is if you start drifting over towards the danger zone, there are guardrails that are still in the safety zone that'll knock you back on the right path. That's how the, the Bible is in our life. If we fill our hearts with the word of God, when we start to stumble off, it'll be like, ah, 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 you're hitting the guardrail, get back in the safety zone. You're hitting the guardrail, get back in the safety zone. And so when, not if, when we sin, those guardrails are there. The word of God is hidden in our heart so that we don't make a habit of habitual sin. That guardrail is there. So we hit the guardrail and it's like, man, I messed up. But you know what? I might be down, but I'm not staying down because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The word acts as a guardrail for you. So when the Bible says guard your heart, it doesn't mean hold it tight and don't let anybody else in. It means to fill it with the word of God so that when we stumble into sin, we don't make excuses and say, oh, but you don't know my life and you don't know how hard we just are like, oh man, here we go. Okay, God, uh, uh, you know, please uh, forgive me, God. And we get back on the right track and we move straight ahead. Guard your heart. And so family, it's important that you know that. Because the Bible says, I'm going to take your word, God, and I'm going to hide it in my heart so that I don't sin. And when I do, I'm not going to make excuses for it. I'm going to ask for forgiveness, and I'm going to move forward. What I know is this. I told you last week that we were going to look at some of the things that clutter our hearts. And so if your mindset was, I am going to guard my heart and I'm going to hold stuff in. And I'm we have to make sure that what we're holding in our heart is the word of God. Amen, family? Not anything negative. Not anything that can cause damage to me and the people that I encounter. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at some things that can clutter our heart, even those of us who are Christians. And it's so important that right now, family, that right now, that where your mind is right now and where your heart is right now, is Holy Spirit, speak to me right now. Show me any, anything in my heart that's not of you. And we're gonna talk about some of them. But show me anything in my heart, Holy Spirit, that's not pleasing to you. So I'm gonna ask you to just make, make yourself available to the Holy Spirit right now for him to do heart surgery on you. And this is so important, family, because what I realize is this. Once I became the, the pastor, uh, a, a pastor here on staff with Pastor BG, it didn't take us very long to realize something. We agreed with a lot of pastors. We agreed that it doesn't matter how good the music is. It doesn't matter how great the messages are. The people are so broken that the word of God has to pass down through 
all of these broken feelings and filters. To, and because the word of God does not return void, it accomplishes what it sets out to do. But it can take so long because our hearts are so cluttered. A friend of mine who started a church in 2010 called Diva and I, and Diva and I seriously prayed about leaving Decatur because he's like, Matt, we started a church down here and everybody is so broken. He's like, our music team, they're all trying to do their best and I'm trying to, to have messages that, that mean something, but everybody's so broken. And so I know that counseling you know, is a gift of yours. Would you come down and help us? Would you start counseling people in our church family so that Christians can be free? I prayed about it and God said, you ain't going nowhere. You, <laughs> you're staying right here. And what I want you all to know is as I said, it didn't take Pastor BG and I long to realize that. And, and now that I'm the pastor here, I see it more and more and more. And it is the desire of my heart that you live free. But what I know and I've heard people say this, and I want to go on the record saying this today, my beautiful family. It's so often when Christians have needed help, you know what they have heard? Well, all you need is Jesus. All you need is more Jesus. You just need to love Jesus more, and then you wouldn't be so stupid. You just need to love Jesus and more, and then you wouldn't be so addicted to that. You just, do you know how damaging it, damaging it is to hear that family? People who really do love Jesus, but, but are just trapped in this cycle. And so because that's a commitment of my heart, I want to let you know what I'm doing. This fall, I am going back to school to get my master's in marriage and family therapy. And, and I, <laughs> I do need your prayers, you guys, because it's not going to be easy. But what I realize is, is I want to be able to offer people spiritual guidance, yes, because that is very, very important but I want to be a licensed professional marriage and family therapist so that we don't have to send people away who come to us. Mama, we were talking about it backstage. All throughout the year, you guys, people will come to us and there are times, that you, I remember this phone call. You, uh, Pastor Brenda called me and she's like, Matt, I, they're talking to me about some stuff that is pretty I mean, I, I don't feel qualified to talk about this to you. And I'm like, no, mama. I mean, we can, you know, we can pray with them. We can show them in the word of God. But no, I don't feel. And so I want to be a church that can offer people, yes, spiritual guidance. But that we can also offer people best practices to walk towards freedom. That's why we push small groups so much, you guys. Because... You coming on a Sunday morning, I love it, it's great, but real life change doesn't happen right here where you're sitting. Real life change happens in the context of intentional relationships, happens with you being involved in small groups, walking a journey with other people, walking to freedom. And so my beautiful family, I want you free. 
And so we're gonna look at some things that can clutter our hearts and then we're gonna take some time and we're gonna pray. And I'm believing that God is gonna start you on a journey of freedom today. That for others of you, he's gonna continue moving you down the line. But for some of you, today is gonna be the start of the first day where you can actually take a breath and feel like you're moving in the right direction. And so what are some things that clutter our hearts. The first thing, family, is guilt. Guilt. And guilt is essentially this. I owe you something. I have wronged you in some way. And I've been living with the guilt ever since. Guilt. You're talking to someone who has been very, very familiar with the effects of guilt. Guilt tells you don't tell anybody, they'll never understand, you'll lose everything, keep your mouth shut, you better just keep it hidden, shut up, shut up, shut up. Guilt robs you of the joy of life because you don't ever feel like you can trust anyone enough to really let them in. And so I'm not just going to list problems. I have some remedies here too. You want to know what the remedy for guilt is, family? The remedy is to confess. The remedy is to confess to God and then confess to someone who you know only wants your best to get it out. To tell someone who can help keep you walking in the right direction. I don't want guilt to ruin your life. What else? Something else. Anger. Anger clutters a lot of our hearts. Anger is essentially this. You owe me something. You owe me something. There was something that happened to me in my childhood or how I was treated in my last marriage or how I was treated at my last job. Maybe it wasn't even you that hurt me, but you're going to bear the consequences. Maybe it wasn't even you, but you remind me of that person or, or you touch places, you know, you touch that trauma in my life. And so when, you, when it happens, what you get from me is my wrath. So many of our hearts are cluttered by anger because of what our parents did or didn't do. Here it is, you've been divorced for 12 years and still... Just the mention of her name, his name, and you're like, <clears throat> maybe it was a coach, maybe it was a teacher. But when people, people know, maybe it was a parent who's not even living anymore. And people know when they've touched that because they have to live with your wrath. Do you want to know the remedy for anger? It's to forgive. No, because if I forgive, then that means what they did to me is okay. No, what it means is, is you're setting yourself free. Amen, family. You're setting yourself free. No. You might feel anger sometimes, but we are not to be controlled by anger. Just forgive. Walk away from it. What else, family? Jealousy. Oh, and jealousy is essentially this. I deserve what you have or better. I deserve what you have or more. Arguably one of the ugliest things that a human being can feel is when a fellow human being 
fails. When something goes wrong in a fellow human being's life, for us to ever feel, huh, he's finally getting what he deserves. She posts on Facebook, her kids look like their lives are so perfect, and I see my kids suffering, but I heard her daughter got pregnant. <laughs> so good that now they can get a taste of it. We need to check our hearts, because that's ugly. Anytime we would ever rejoice at someone else's suffering, jealousy is awful. And you know what I know about jealousy? Is jealousy leaks. Jealousy seeps out, and it doesn't just stay where it is. Jealousy and anger leak out. And people see it, and they're just like, oh, my. You want to know <laughs> a surefire remedy for jealousy? Being thankful. Instead of comparing what you have or don't have to somebody else, just knowing that what you have is a, have is a gift from God. Amen, family. God, I'm thankful for what you've given me. I'm going to stop comparing it to everything and everybody else. Lastly, fam, and I see this so often, sadness. Sadness is essentially this. I once had what I wanted, but now it's gone. Now they're gone. Last year, I read in a psychology journal, and a lot of doctors agreed that a very, very large percentage of people are stuck somewhere in the grief process. That maybe it's been 20 years since you lost your spouse, or maybe, maybe it's been 10 years since you were passed up for that job. Maybe there was some kind of loss that you've experienced in your life and you are held captive by profound sadness. Maybe it was an excruciatingly painful death of a parent or a child. Maybe it was a dream that you had for your life and you started heading in that direction and life happened. And now all you can talk about is yesterday. I remember, man, I remember back in high school when I looked like, man, I remember in college when I was the best. Man, I, maybe you remember a time when your body was much stronger and much more healthy and that has caused you profound sadness. Listen, nobody's telling you to get over it and nobody ever should say to you, get over it. But there's a remedy for your sadness. You never stop missing that person. You never stop dreaming for more. Pastor Brenda and Diva and I were at a conference recently and unbeknownst to us, they showed a picture of, of Pastor BG and Diva said, Matt, I physically heard you and mama gasp as you two sat there crying. And sure, we miss him. But there's a way that you can go on living and not have your life be marked 
and held captive by profound sadness. What's the remedy, Pastor? Celebrate life. You're still here. There's a reason that you're still alive. And I know you might feel like your life died when they died. I know you might feel like when you lost that position, they took your soul. But God says, I'm not done with you yet. I'm not done with you. That I still have amazing plans for you. And so what I don't want you to do, family, is I don't want you to sit there and be like, Phew, he didn't mention mine. Thank God he didn't say anything about lust. Oh, good. He didn't say anything about pride. Phew. Thank God he didn't say anything about unforgiveness. This list is not exhaustive. This time is for you to examine your own heart. And so I want to give you some time to do that. Would you just go ahead and set your notes and your purse and whatever else you might be holding aside and would you go ahead and just stand with me? I want everybody to just bow their heads and I want you to give the Holy Spirit permission to do heart surgery this morning. Many of us have had a heart attack and we don't even know it. We just see that I'm stuck in this poor behavior. I'm stuck doing the same thing over and what's wrong with me? And it's, we just need a bypass. We need a double, a quadruple bypass. We need our, our heart cleared up and freed up so that the life-giving joy of the Lord can flow through us in every part of our lives. And so right now, with your head bowed, with your eyes closed, give the Holy Spirit permission to do heart surgery on you. What is it? What is it? Maybe for you it is anger and it's like, oh man, I said I wasn't going to be like my old man. I said I wasn't going to be like my old man, but what I do is I find myself treating my family just like he would. I had some teachers that said some, some terrible things about me and, and as it turned out, they're right. They're right, I am a loser. I, I, I am, I, I am worth nothing. And God wants to do heart surgery on you this morning. He wants to give you the ability to, whatever it is that has been cluttering your heart, he wants to set you free this morning. And so we ask you to do it now, Holy Spirit. Do it now, Holy Spirit. Whatever it is that's blocking the blessings in our lives because we're, our heart's trapped, our heart, whatever it is that it's like, man, I really want to do the word, that, that, you know, what the Bible says, I want to live that way and stuff, but it just seems like, I got, God, whatever it is, wherever our heart is darkened, wherever our heart is, is hardened, Soften our hearts so that we can hear the truth, so that we can read the truth in the Bible and obey it, live it out. Anywhere that we've given ourselves a pass and says, well, that, that's for everybody else, but that's not for me. Wherever our heart is hardened, open it, God. Tenderize it, soften it. So that we can have a pure heart that follows after you. Whatever it is, you just talk to God right there. Just let God tell you, hey, you know you need to let that go. Hey, you know you need to forgive your daughter-in-law. 
or your son-in-law. You know you do. Whatever it is, whatever God just brings to your mind right now, you guys. It's, he doesn't want to make you feel bad. He wants to set you free from it. God is not saying to you, get over it. God is saying your life matters. Your life still has purpose and meaning. We thank you, Jesus, that you're here. Just do it now, God. Help us to confess whatever it is. Just get it out. And we're going to daily just fill our heart with your word because that's the guardrails right there, your word. And as, as we move out into stuff, it's like, oh, oh, I'm heading towards the danger zone. The Holy Spirit's like, nope, 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 nope. Back on track, back on track, back on track. We're not just going to be people that hear your word, God, but we're going to do it. We're going to live it out. We're not just going to say, oh, I love God. Oh, yeah, I love God. And our life doesn't bear any kind of witness or fruit to that. We're going to hide your word in our heart so that when we sin, it's like, oh, man. God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, God, and I'm going to walk differently. I'm going to behave differently. Thank you, God for the power of your Holy Spirit deep within us. Fill those places now, God. Let the rain of your presence fall on those dry and desert places in each of our hearts, God. Wash it clean. Set us free from all that garbage, God. May today we continue taking the steps of freedom, God. Purify our hearts. For the woman who is here or watching, in the last relationship that you were in, you literally feel like someone removed your soul. You feel like you're just walking around, you're just a shell of a person. God wants to restore you. You were created in his image for his purposes. And what you heard, so, and I want everybody to keep your head bowed and your eyes closed. Those ladies, particularly for you, those who are here, those who are watching, you heard from him, you're not enough. You're not good enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not smart enough. You're not skinny enough. You're not, you're, you heard that so often. But God says this morning that you are my beautiful girl and you are who I created you to be. Give me every part of you and I will heal and I will restore. For the guy who's here, the guys who are watching, and literally, you have said this. You literally have said this. Well, I can tell you what, I'm not gonna be like my dad. I'm not. But yet you see some of the same behaviors and you're like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong? You need to give that to God. God wants to give you a, a new heart. He wants you to fill it with his word so that you find yourself behaving like him, your heavenly father. And you need to let that go. You need to forgive. Hey, as parents, we just try to do the best we can. And I, I'm not minimizing, you know, I know abuse. I know trauma. I see it. I meet with people. I, I get it. But it's not doing you any good, man, to still be holding on to that stuff. And so you have a perfect heavenly father 
who wants you to be just like him. And so let that go. Let that go. Yeah. Thank you, God, for your forgiveness. Thank you for your wisdom. And so, God, we hear your word and we obey. We're not just going to let these words go in one ear and as soon as we walk out, we forget it. God, all this year, God, for the rest of our lives, do heart surgery so that our hearts stay tender before you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want you free, my beautiful family. And together, we can walk in freedom together. I love you from the bottom of my heart. And I'll see you next week, okay? God bless you guys.